Welcome to I Have HIV, a podcast dedicated for people living with HIV, their friends, and family. A pause impact in Antonio T. Smith Jr. production. Welcome to I Have HIV. We are currently still living in a pandemic with HIV. HIV has not gone anywhere since the 80s. And we have to bring it to the front. We need to reach zero new transmission. And the only day, and the only way that we'll be able to achieve this is by bringing it back to the forefront of um, the community and, and bringing it to, bringing different voices of the community and making sure that this, this while this disease is very manage, manageable, and it's not curable. So what we need to do is we need to prevent it from happening. And there's several new drugs that are out there. And we're going to be talking about what PrEP is, what um, all these um, different medications that are out there now that you can control. You can take it to prevent 99%. Um, you will basically have a 99% um, chance of not getting HIV. It's effectiveness is 99.9%. And so nothing in life is more than 99%. And so I am I am living with HIV is very important because right now no one's talking about what HIV is. And no one's really discussing, yes, we know that it's out there. Yes, we know that there's, that our black and brown brothers and sisters are dying from this. Our trans community is affected, our LGBT people are more affected, you know, we have to bring back the conversation to the community and have the community be involved in the conversation. The end of December that happened yeah. because my blood pressure was up so high, so yeah. they hospitalized me. So it took me a lot to get him here, and then you right. need to tell me I have to leave without him. Right. Like, I right. don't know if I can do that. Right. And right. Yes. Um, Take your time. And everybody has to know that this is her first time publicly ever speaking about this. Right, right. So anytime you want to stop, you can stop. Um, We're just here to support you. So you don't have to go through the story. If you don't want to, it's totally up to you. And I know, you know, I want to tell it because I I still know I have a lot of pain. Like, I miss him. Yes, that's your baby. Um, yeah. And like he would have been twenty one this year. This oh, okay. So, like I said, it's it's still like it just happened yesterday. So. Yeah, because yeah. you don't remember um, that's your son. Mm-hmm. And I never forget that um, yeah. when they were getting ready for the trial, mm-hmm. I was getting upset because it's like every three months they was offset the trial. Right, they were right. Offset the trial. Like, what is taking so long? Are y'all gonna say something or let him out or like what's going on? And eventually, let me um, ask you, how did he get to your baby? He went to the daycare, and the daycare worker, um, she was too busy trying to get out because it was New Year's Eve. So she, so she didn't home. check the list to see who could get him. So she released Did you list. have anything against the daycare? Yes, okay. So you did. I had okay. something against her and him. And um, it was just, I couldn't believe it because I'm thinking, like, what if this was your child? Yeah, you that's what I'm like, well, how did he get a hold to your baby? You know? And... Um, 
like he wrote me like five, six different letters the whole time before the trial came in. I kept every letter. I didn't open them because there's nothing you can say to me. Right, right. Nothing. I I don't want to hear nothing you have to say. I don't care what it is. It's nothing you can say. And uh, what was taking so long was the original judge. She was a lady, and she believed in the death penalty. Okay. And but she had two murder trials before his. So what she did was gave it to her husband, and he believed in life without parole. So when I eventually ended up going to court and I got him, um, the DA who, I swear to God, she looked just like a rocker chick with blonde pixie hair, like leather jacket. Right, right, right. But I never forget her. She told me, um, she was like, if I have anything to do with it, she was like, he's going to leave in a box. (laughs) And this was in Texas, right? This was in Dallas, Texas. So it's still in Texas. Okay. So um, we eventually um, went to court. It was a week-long trial. Okay. Um, I didn't get to go for the first two days because that was for the doctors. And right, the right, so to tell everything I didn't get that to testify. I testified on the last day of trial, and it was just like he was sitting there like with, with nothing, I guess no remorse. And um, she had eventually but opened you said up the he was He was trying to do that to really get her back at yeah. you. What, what happened was when she opened up, um, I gave her the letter. Yeah, let her open the letter. So when she opened them, um, he was just trying to explain, like, he didn't know what happened. Um, he just blacked out or because my baby would stop crying. So... But for first place, why did he go get your baby in the yeah. first place? And that's what I was like. Well, you shouldn't even have him. Had your and he wouldn't have been. Crying. He wasn't the father, was he? No. So he had no business taking her from your baby. And what really hurt was that when they did an autopsy on my baby, they said he had a bruise to his rib that was to his bone. So he took his fist and hit his little rib. And you know, with him being a year old, you're, he's a baby. Yeah, your, your bones are not. Fragile, and that's what mm-hmm. they were telling me because they his, um, his cradle wasn't wasn't hard Holes, enough. Yeah. His birthday was like it's just like an egg. So when he shook it, it broke in my baby. Mm-hmm. So I was like, to a year old, like you found him, like my my son, a grown man. He was a baby. Oh, and he was a baby. And so, you know, his lawyer kept saying, "Oh, we, you must hate him, and you must do this, regardless if I hate him or not." My son won't be here. Your I son, won't have yeah, because of the domestic yeah. violence that your baby yeah. had no reason, reason to like. I would never suffer know that. What my son could grow up to be, or all the dreams and hopes yeah. and visions I would you have for your baby, because mm-hmm. your son took it away. And like, it, right, right, it went so far as to where I, I had to, I got both his brothers arrested because they shot up my apartment. Uh, his mom all because they, someone was trying to get back at you? I got his mom arrested because she was threatening me when we would leave the courthouse. It was just, like, ridiculous. And when they um came down with the verdict, my mama didn't come because my mama said she couldn't handle it. Well, I know. That's enough of them doing her daughter like that, and then they're taking her grandbaby. So when we was in the courtroom, um, he got found guilty. Okay. And um, he got life without parole, and... Did he give any reason, or he just... No, he just said he did it because I didn't want to be with him. And that was a reason to kill a poor, innocent, little, precious yeah. baby. And so, um, the first the first parole hearing, is, if, if this world is still going, it will be in 2046. And make sure you be there. 2046? Right yes. Make sure you be there. And that was in 2002. So. Okay. 
you know, so it, it's still hard, and I still realize I do have a lot of pain, even though, you know, I smile and laugh and try to right, laugh. Right, right. Um, it's one day I was in my room, and I was crying to my best friend, and I told her, like, I didn't know how much pain I still had, like, right. because That's your child. You yeah. know, I miss him, and I really want him here, even though my other kid and my kids miss him. We right, all had right. to see, like, a psychiatrist. We all had to right. get help. It was like, it was a lot. And when I tell you I spiraled out of control from 24 to 37, right? I'm just really getting my life back in control mm-hmm. now. Because it's, um, have y'all heard of Bo's Place? Yeah, I was going to bring that. Yeah. What Bo's Place is, it's a grief counseling service where they help you deal with your grief. They have all kind of services and everything and different things for the children. They do a whole lot. And you would be in a group like with adults and your grand or your children will be in okay. groups like that. And it's free and it's very, very good. I'll give you that information because okay. they can start helping you process some of that yeah. because you shouldn't be able to still have to walk around. I know that that's a hole in your heart. That's always going to be a hole in your heart because your baby is not here. But still, you can kind of go through the grief process, how long the grief process is going to be. That's between you and God, you know. But we want to make sure you stay healthy. And first thing I just want to say, I'm so honored that you decided to start talking about it. That's the first step as far as you processing it. That's the first step. So you're on your way of healing. But like you said, who knows how long your healing journey is going to, you know, will take you. And that's what I said, um. I guess I've always known what my vision is. Yes. I just kept running from it because yes. I was mad at God for so long because I felt like, what did I do wrong for you, you know, to take my son or my baby mm-hmm. to rest? Yeah. I was doing everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing as a mom. Right. And for a long time, I was mad because I felt like, not to be mean, but it's women out there that, don't do half of what, what I was doing. doing. Right, right. right. And they still have their going kids. Going places, you know, right, kids right. by themselves. Like, I'm a mom who literally was protecting your baby. My, they were spoiled. All of them were spoiled. Like, they was mama's babies. Like, they didn't want to go nowhere because right. mama, I made sure they knew who I was. Right, and right. And so, I felt like that's being selfish of me wishing harm on somebody else. somebody else. And then I had to really realize that God, he made me, I had to be by myself. He made me right. to where I was homeless for three months. Okay. And I had no choice but to surrender. Right. I'm tired of doing it my way. And it was to the point to where he blocked everybody out of my life except my mom. Like, okay. everybody. Like, nobody. I couldn't get in touch with nobody. And yeah. I was wondering, like, what did I do so bad to where I have to be in this situation? And when I finally said, okay. You know what? I give up. Yes. I'm yeah. tired of running into or bumping my head on the same brick wall and getting yes, the same yes. result. So when I just finally released everything, I eventually end up writing him and telling him I forgive him. Right. Good. I That's will never forget yeah. what he done, but I forgave him. And once I forgave yeah. him, it was yes. like, okay, Everything now you can around. breathe. Now yes. you can start to live. Now you yes. can start to... Um, be back journey. in human society because yes. before, like I always tell my best friend, I was never living. I was just existing. I'm just, right. just going right. through the process, right. just going, going through, through the motions. Like I didn't care. When I tell you, I was on drugs real bad, alcohol. Like mm-hmm. I had got so little, my mama was like, "I'm scared you're gonna die." Right. 
mm-hmm. if you don't get your life together. So it's the pain you were in. It was the pain. It was something that I I did to numb me because I felt like if I was numb, I didn't have to face reality. Right. And the reality was I didn't know how I was going to cope without having him. Your baby. And because of that, <coughs> I made the decision um, to my other three kids and my sister took them. Okay. I was out of their life for, for 10 years and then we, we got back. Mm-hmm. Me and all my kids got back uh, reconnected, and it's like I never left. But, it but was you like, wasn't healthy enough I wasn't for healthy them, enough. so you yeah. made the best choice and as a mom. Yeah, right. and I, that's why I always, uh, me and my son, we kind of still had butt heads. Right. But I told him I was doing what I thought was best, best. at that time. And to keep still protecting you them, know, still keeping them safe. So I, I couldn't provide for me. Right no, this is my best friend. I couldn't provide for them. So why would I put them in a situation? You can even take care of yourself. Well, can take care of me. And that so, was the best choice you did. You did the best so, choice um, by um, putting those children in a safe place. You know, with your sister, yeah. they were in a safe environment, yeah. and you know where you were. So as a parent, you did the right thing. You know, and yeah. so you started healing, and you know through the domestic violence, you know you still were suffering from that. And it seemed like once I got out of that situation mm-hmm. I jumped right back into another domestic violence situation it was like I guess that was something you were attracting what, not attract well I, I attracted but I thought I deserved when I um after that like right after that I got married and because the guy was like 14 years older than me mm-hmm. I figured oh you know he's a grown man he don't take care, he don't of, take care of me and it, I always say I married the devil in disguise let me ask you, because I hear a lot of women say that. How soon was it before the domestic violence started before, I mean, after you got married? How long was it before it actually started? Two years. Two years, okay. We were together seven, <coughs> and right after, you know, they say the honeymoon. Right, 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 right. At first it was, um, at first it was just like, uh, Everything went fine. First it was two mental years. at first. We, mental it, was one, it was a mental, like, um, I noticed that he started, now that I look back, he started isolating me uh, from my family. He didn't okay. want me to go I've around. I've heard that that's only about the um, isolation. It was, then it was to the point to where, uh, why you keep getting your hair done? Why you wearing makeup? Why you have that on? So it was like, going worse and worse. And then, right. the and then you were young, too, at yeah, the time. I was still, yeah, you're still, still young, young, so I'm not knowing. And not I'm thinking, knowing. like, hey, this is a marriage. You're not supposed <coughs> to leave at the first sign of trouble. Or, right. you know, you're supposed to you fight young. or... And it just got worse and worse, and I found out he was a pedophile, a registered sex offender. Oh, so um, when I was trying to leave the situation, <coughs> uh, we ended up getting into a heavy fight, mm. um, and I ended up getting stabbed. Yeah, so, I remember you telling me. Um, like, it was just a lot. <laughs> like, mm. And I was like, maybe I deserve this for him. Not being a good mom or not no. being able to protect no. my no, my son, and I always thought that. And once I realized it wasn't me, it was him. Yes. Then I felt like, oh, okay, now I can breathe. It wasn't right, me, right? You know, I did do right, and I did leave. And when I was trying to leave, that's when he, I guess, he noticed that. Okay, now she 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 know her worth now. Yes, because yes. I had got all the way up to like a size twenty eight. Oh, okay. Because I was just depressed and wow. didn't know why this somebody that claimed they love me, why yes. would they be treating me like this? Or why would they be um, 
having me stuck in the house. You know, would take my car. I couldn't go nowhere. Like, I I never forget one birthday. My auntie and all my cousins threw me a birthday party. And he had to work. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, just come when you get off. Right. That turned into a whole argument where he busted my whole windshield out because it was just my birthday. Just because you went with your family. Yes. And I'm thinking, like, it was my birthday. Like, <laughs> and that's right. my family. Like, I never understood that. And so for me and I made my exit plans to make sure I got out. And when that happened, I was like, it's me or him. I, I'm, I'm not. One or the other. You're not going to take me. Because I always had the vision of my mama is going to have to identify me. And I did not want my mama to have yes. to identify right, me. Right, so right, right. I made sure. And so once I got out of that, I just isolated myself for like four years and found me and found me to make sure I love me unconditionally. Now, so. Right. Right, right. And like I said, I commend you. Like you said, you finally decided you wanted to talk about it. And we support you. Thank you. Anytime you want to stop, feel free to stop. We don't push you here. We're just here to help you with your healing. And like I said, that's the first opportunity is once you start talking about it, you start seeing that heavy burden. Of, you're going to always have that for your son, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You're on your healing process. Okay. So I just figured maybe if I could at least say somebody yeah because when i was younger i didn't have anybody to talk to or turn to yes no one was going through um what i was going through and you know again not to be sounding mean or anything but right right that wasn't what happened to black women you know they didn't lose their kids to domestic violence or (coughs) some other man killing right at least that's you know because i'm young i'm thinking that's in my mind like you never hear that happen in this type of situation so for me like I didn't have anyone that knew what I was going through. Nobody could sympathize or at least wanted to sympathize with me about losing a child. And the majority of the time, it was like, oh, well, you've grieved enough. You need to get over mm. Or it's been five years. You need to get over Or you need mm-hmm. to do this. And I'm thinking, like, how can I when that was a part of me? I always baby. say that's my heartbeat. Because yeah. that was, you know, that's something that I had it created. So he was my heartbeat. So how right, can I right. not? And nobody can tell pain. you about your journey. That's yeah. your journey. Uh, Nobody's okay. walking in your shoes but you. So yeah. however long you need to heal or process it, you take your time. Take your time. You know, and if nobody will listen to you, you keep talking because you never know while you're talking who you can help. You never know. There might be somebody that just listened and said, you know what? That gave me the will to plan my exit escape. Mm-hmm. Just like you planned yours. Yeah. I mean, I just want to get out, please. It's, I don't care if you have to, like, a lot of women don't want to leave because they, oh, I don't want to go to a shelter, or I don't want to have to depend on nobody, or I don't want anyone to know what we're going through. Like, please, like, leave. I don't care if you just leave with just what you got to leave. Right. Just right. get right. out. Like, get out. Talk. Like, get out. Like, if I could uh, foresee what was going to happen, I just would have, you know, left mm-hmm. when I when I kept getting it. We all see red flags, but when you're in a right. relationship, you right. overlook those yes, red flags. Yes, and we then, do. Oh, you know, when he, he loves, loves me. me. Yeah, that's, that's the reason why he's saying mm-hmm. this, you know. That's so why he hit me. That's why he do it. You know, he, would, he wouldn't do it if he didn't love me. So yeah. I, I encourage, like, please. Like, I'm 44 now, so it took me over 20 years. 
leave, you know, get out. I don't want anybody to have to go through the pain or what I had to go through with burying the child because mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. I, I promise you, I thought I was going to die with him that day. And mm-hmm. we, I had to lay him to rest. I, I refuse. Do not close his casket. Do yeah. not put him down. No. You know, and right. I, I meant that. So they let me see him for like two hours before I eventually ran. Before you were able to let him go. So I could mm-hmm. just let him go and tell him, uh, I'm sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. But I want but him to know. But you did everything right. You know, you as a mom yeah. did everything to protect this baby. But you in my him. mind, I was thinking like, right. what was my son thinking? Like, where's my mom? Yeah. Why, why she's not here to protect me? Right. And why she's had, not here to help had me? Had that man picked your baby up before from the daycare? No, never. Never. I didn't even know he knew what the daycare was. That's what I'm was. saying. Like, because I'm when I when I cut it off, I cut it off because I that made me scared. And when I get scared, you I was protect like, your baby. I gotta protect it. It was just me and my baby boy at the time. So I was like, oh no, I gotta protect her. He he's not even walking yet. You know, I gotta protect him. Yeah. Right, right. It was just that. So when that trip, like to this day, I'm when 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 me and my best friend we laughing and joking. My nerves are really shot. Yes. Like, do not holler at me. Yes. <laughs> do not do nothing. <laughs> my nerves is like really shot. They yeah. are bad. I got diagnosed um, two years ago. Actually, will be yeah two years ago. I got diagnosed in April, and um, it's been it was a life changing. First, I was I, I shouldn't be alive today if if it was for if it wasn't for the drugs and the medication. And knowing your status is so important because I didn't have to suffer this. My T cell count was um, at 10 when I first got diagnosed, which is like zero is the lowest and 800 is the highest and I'm at a 10. And so that tells you that I was so sick. And so knowing your status, and that's because I was afraid as well too, to know my own status. And that's what I want to, that's the whole reason why for this podcast is to bring more awareness about knowing your status and knowing that HIV is not a death sentence, but um, we do have to control it. And so U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable. So once you on a, on a regimen, you become untransmitted, you can't pass it to anybody else. But how do you know that you can't pass it? Or how do you know that you're HIV um, negative? Is by continuing taking blood tests every three months. So going to your doctor, if you're sexually active, continue taking PrEP, or ask about prep to your physician if that's um, something that you're interested in. It does help for people who like to have um, natural sex. And, you know, it, there's people who are out there who, who, who want this. And so we have the opportunity to be able to um, have frank conversations with people who are currently taking prep people who have been a long time HIV positive, who have been living it for 30 plus years, 20 plus years. We wanna you know, bring the conversation back to the community. We wanna be able to make sure that the community knows that HIV doesn't have a fate, it's all of us. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. and 
2005, I had a close family member die to HIV. And I, to be honest with you, I'm still probably not even supposed to know it. Uh, in fact, the only reason I know it is because an angry family member said it in anger and it slipped out. And that's how I found out. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast, because I'm tired of people like me, family who would support and who would have loved on my cousin. She died alone. She died in the hospital bed completely alone because I didn't know. And because I was too busy playing basketball than being with my cousin. And I'm very passionate about what Josh Michael does. He wants to change the world. And I hope all of you contact him and that's why i'm so extremely passionate about this podcast but i suffer every day that i let my cousin die alone because 2005 made me an ally but i shouldn't have to go through death like that to become an ally all of us should be allies that's my story and that's why josh is doing this podcast and that's why we're here I've had enough, had enough. It's a minefield in my mind, and I'm headed for destruction. Mama, tell me it's alright before I turn to nothing.